Philippians 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you, always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Indeed, it is right for me to think this way about all of you because I have you in my heart and you are all partners with me in grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how deeply I miss all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And I pray this, that your love will keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment so that you may approve the things that are superior and may be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually advanced the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is because I am in Christ. Most of the brothers have gained confidence in the Lord from my imprisonment and dare even more to speak the word fearlessly. To be sure, some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. These preach out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The others proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, thinking that they will cause me trouble in my imprisonment. What does it matter? Only that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, because I know this will lead to my salvation, through your prayers and help from the Spirit of Jesus Christ. My eager expectation and hope is that I will not be ashamed about anything, but that now, as always, with all courage, Christ will be highly honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For me, To live is Christ, and to die is gain. Now, if I live on in the flesh, this means fruitful work for me, and I do not know which one I should choose. I am torn between the two. I long to depart and be with Christ, which is far better, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. Since I am persuaded of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith so that, because of my coming to you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus may abound. Just one thing. As citizens of heaven, live your life worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or am absent, I will hear about you that you are standing firm in one spirit, in one accord, contending together for the faith of the gospel, not being frightened in any way by your opponents. This is a sign of destruction for them, but of your salvation. And this is from God, for it has been granted to you, on Christ's behalf, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you are engaged in the same struggle that you saw I had, and now hear that I have. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Did you know you're a saint? That's how Paul referred to the members of the church at Philippi, and how he referred to followers of Jesus in other letters. You don't have to do anything miraculous to be a saint. You don't even have to die to be a saint. You're a saint because God adopted you into his family, set you apart, and declared you righteous. You're a saint because the finished work of Jesus has been credited to your account. 
You're a saint because God the Spirit lives in you, marking you as his own. Acts 17 tells us that Paul was once arrested and imprisoned in Philippi, but he eventually helped plant a church there. Later, he wrote this encouraging letter to them. From day one, the Philippian church had a unique relationship with Paul. He watched this church grow, and he was confident that God would finish what he started in them. He repeated this idea a few times in this short letter. In 1.6, he said, I am sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Verses 9-10 through 10 make it clear that he wanted them to grow not only in knowledge and discernment, but in love, too. As you learn more about God, are you growing to be more like Him, growing more in love? In a different letter, 1 Corinthians, Paul said knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And growing in both knowledge and love simultaneously is the way to make sure our truth is lived out and that our love is rooted in the reality of who God is. Paul says this is how we will be able to approve what is excellent. God has declared us righteous, and in verse 11, Paul prayed that God would grow the fruit of righteousness in us through Christ. In verse 19, Paul went on to encourage the Philippians to pray for him, and he mentioned that through their prayers and the power of the Holy Spirit, he would be helped. We need our relationship with the Son and the Spirit as a part of our ever-growing relationship with the Father. They all work in tandem to grow us in love and knowledge. Praise be to God. He's where the joy is. I'm Tara Lee Cobble, and you're listening to the He's Where the Joy Is podcast presented by LifeWay. LifeWay.